Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. So Caleb called me when I was actually at my work conference uh, a couple weeks ago in uh, Florida, and um, he asked if I would speak about unity, and this conference, every session that we had to go to was like an hour and a half long, um, talking about various things related to work. So... um, What was crazy to me is I kept seeing scripture in each of my sessions. So uh, one of the sessions was, uh, I don't even know what it was talking about. I really don't remember what he was talking about. What I do remember is he talked about a sheep herder. I'd never heard of such a thing, but apparently they exist. People that, that herd sheep. And then... After that, he talked about, um, in other parts of the country, they have something called a shepherd. And, sorry. So, he was talking about a shepherd and how the shepherds lead. And the sheep follow behind. And this was this was a work event. And um, what got me was when he said, The shepherds stand afar off, and they speak to the sheep. And the sheep go because they know the shepherd's voice. That got me. I was bawling. Sitting in this work thing. Sorry. But right after that session was when Caleb contacted me. So, I mean, this is not in my wheelhouse here, typically. It's not something I do. But I felt like that was God saying, you have to do this. So I just thought I would share where this came from. Um, So I gave you guys notes. I'm not going to read every single one that's on there. But I did give you the scriptures and I will read some of them. But I've struggled With the first question. For a very long time. What is God's purpose for us? Um, So Caleb had asked me to speak about unity. And so um, in all of my sessions at work that week, they weren't about communication. But every single one of them talked about communication and the different parts of communication. And one of them was about What is our purpose? So, 
probably need a clicker or something. Do what? Okay. Okay. So, after he asked me to talk about unity, I'd been hearing all these things about communication and the importance of it the whole week. So, that's where I started. And I had a million different ideas. It was crazy. And I sent Caleb a a list of notes that was a jumbled mess. It was all over the place. A bunch of different things. But this first question, what is God's purpose for us? I've asked that question a bunch. You know, what what does God want me to do? Like, like what do I need to do? Do I need to switch jobs? Like, do I, I don't know. But we had a session, which was... Oddly enough, right after I talked to Caleb. And instead of just like them telling us what we were, what we were uh, going to listen about, learn about, the lady said, okay, I'm going to give you guys five minutes. And you're going to write down what your purpose is. And so I was like, I have no clue what to do. So... I started writing, and I wrote two little sentences, and basically it said to be able to help and serve others, right? And so then I spent a little more time on that and got it down to to that little statement, to help and serve others. Like, that was my final statement that day. And then we talked about passion. You know, why do you feel like that's your purpose? So, when, when the lady came and talked to me, I told her that I wanted to show people love that I've been shown. That was my purpose. But really, it's, I want to show the love God has shown me that I don't deserve. And that's what I'm supposed to do for others. Show them that love. So, after the conference, and I've spent more time with this, you know, I I believe all of our purpose is to love God first, and then to love others. That may look different ways. And I've heard many preachings on everybody has a purpose that was specifically for them, that nobody else can accomplish. And I believe that. But I still believe that it's to love God and love others. So it's how we do that. We do that in different ways. Um, but that's, that's what I believe now. That's my purpose. To love God and to love others. Because in Scripture it says, if we do these two things, then we fulfill the whole law. And that's amazing. So if we do these two things well, then the other things are going to follow. So I don't want to not do any scripture, so I will <laughs> where where I got this from was was Matthew twenty two, verses thirty seven through forty. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Right? So, well, then I, I got to thinking, how do we communicate? Or, well, I'll, I'll get to that, sorry. <laughs> how do we love others? Right? So, in 1 John 3.18, it says, Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. So, what we say does matter. However, what we do matters just as much, if not more. You know? So, even though we might be saying kind words, we, we, we not... We, uh, we might not be living those words. Okay? So, I don't know if I have it on your all's papers or not, but um, I have it on mine. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. And these are the verses that talk about what love is and what love isn't. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always preserves. So if we really take these verses to heart, and I know I'm guilty of not loving others. I do. It keeps no record of wrongdoings. Well, I remember when I was 10 and my sister smashed my door and a hand in the door and I lost like three fingernails. That was terrible. Right? And when you hold on to things like that, which I'm not, I'm not holding on to that. Like, I'm just using that as an example. Like, if I hold on to something like that and hold that against my sibling, then that's not love. I'm not, I'm not showing the right, right things. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, the second uh, thing I had on here was how do we communicate to God and to others? Um, because our communication is more than just words. Right? So, most of the time, when I'm talking to people, or I'm, people's talking to me, like, we're communicating. But it's a lot more than just the words that we're saying. Um, so, God's Word is revealed, and we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's how we communicate with God is through the Holy Spirit. Whether that's reading His Word or praying. Um, I'm sure most people know. I don't know what specific verse it is. But um, how we don't pray as we ought to. But the Holy Spirit will intervene for us in words or in groanings that cannot be uttered. I could have messed that up a little bit. But you guys, you guys know what I mean. Yeah, so, so John fourteen twenty six. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So he 
He reminds us of things that we should already know. And He teaches us as we go through. So then, how do we communicate with others? Through our words in every part of our body. So, back to my conference. Right, one of the sessions. There were some studies that they've done about communication. And so, it says, according to their study, about 65% to 75% of communication is body language. Not even what you're saying. Another 10 to 15% is the tone, the way in which we're saying it. And then the rest are the actual words that we're saying. So we're talking potentially only 15% of the words that we say are, are communicating what we're actually saying. So this was a study that was done. There was another study that was done. What's the most common way people communicate Especially kids right now? Text. Okay, so text. How many of our senses does text engage? One. Unless you have Siri on, then maybe you hear it and see it. um, If she reads it to you. Um, So, another study that they did said you lose 20% effectiveness in communication for every sense lost. So, think about that. How easy is it to miscommunicate with somebody? Super easy to miscommunicate with somebody. And if you're losing senses, then you're losing even more... Like you have even more opportunity to miscommunicate what you're trying to say. Um, there was a third study done. And in that third study, <coughs> they took 100 work groups... So 100 work groups of four people. And they took one guy and put him in all of the groups. And they told him to be a jerk, to be combative, to be disruptive, to do everything in his power to disrupt that work group. Right? Because they wanted to see, can this person affect this group? And out of the 100 groups, 99 of them were affected. There was only one group that wasn't. So when they went back and looked at this, why was that one group not affected? There was a guy named Jonathan in that group. And they used different words, but I'm going to use my own words on this. But basically, in that group, every time that, that, that the jerk guy... Would, would try to disrupt things, Jonathan would lean in and love him. He would say, well, why do you feel that way? Ex- let, let's, let's explore this further. Let's, let's look into this. So what he did for that group is he became a different figure for the rest of the group to look at so they could choose to either be like Jonathan or be like this jerk guy. And in that group, they chose to be like Jonathan. Okay? So, the reason I bring this up is because, according to this study, one person, whether 
positive or negative, can impact an entire group of people and affect them in a positive or negative way. So what I did with this is I said, let's, let's, let's test this with what Scripture says. And so I have some verses here. And it's about um, different communication things. So when I looked at the one, most of these have to do with the senses. Can we communicate with senses? And so on Matthew 5, verse 28, it says, But I tell you that everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in, in his heart. So you can look at someone and commit adultery because you're communicating something to anybody that's watching. Um, I also have in here, it's in a bunch of different verses, but I had put, picked Matthew eleven fifteen, where Jesus says, He who has ears, let him hear. We all have ears. But listening and hearing are different things. So that's very important. And all of these have to do with some sort of sense that we have, whether it's sight or hearing or speaking. Or um, in Genesis 8.21, the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. So, think about how powerful smell is, according to Scripture. Is God decided that He would never again destroy every living creature because of a smell. I mean, it was a form of worship. Okay, this was this was Noah who was burning an offering to the Lord. But think about how powerful that is in communication. We can smell. It can remind us of things. Has anybody ever had that happen? Like, I smell, you know, hot dog grilling or a burger grilling, and it reminds me of, you know, 4th of July when I was 12 or something. You know, it's a strong connection there. So, at VBS... We were talking to the kids about their senses and why God gave us our senses. So one of the things we were telling the kids is God gave us our senses to protect us. Right? If you put your hand near a a stove burner that's on, you can feel it. And that's telling you danger. So I know me personally... As an adult, sometimes I forget how important senses can be. You know, well, I I know better. I know what to do. So, you know, but then, you know, you can, uh, I don't know, hit your shin on the the dining room table or, or something like that. And that reminds you like, hey, maybe this wasn't the best place for that. So, um... 
So our communication is very important, and that's all I was trying to highlight in that section. So, how does our communication show we are in unity? So, as far as being in unity, um, the first thing that I would say is that we can't be in unity with each other if we are not communicating regularly with God through prayer and scripture, then then we can't be in unity together. Um, but, let's see. We communicate with our bodies, our actions, and inactions as much as we do with our mouths. And I don't want anybody to think I'm uh, discounting what we say. Because we know that in Scripture it says what defiles a man is not what goes in his mouth, but what comes out. Um, We also know that uh, in Scripture it says that the tongue has the power of life and death. So I don't want anybody to think I'm discounting what we say, because what we say is very important. So let's think about the Last Supper. What did Jesus do at the Last Supper? He washed the disciples' feet. Did He say anything before He started washing their feet? Okay. So, no, He didn't say anything before He started washing their feet. He did say something in between, in the middle. But I think this highlights a lot of what I'm trying to say about communication. In the fact that, well, if I just tell you guys, I love you guys, that's one thing, right? But if I walk over to Vicky and I hold her hand and I look her in the eye, Vicky, I love you. Okay. Does that have the same impact or is it different? Okay. So so when we're engaging with someone, you know, if I'm just... Yeah, yeah, I hear you talking. Like, that's one thing. Okay? Um, It doesn't matter if it's a cell phone. It doesn't matter if it's a ball game or anything else. If I am communicating with someone, whether it be a friend, a spouse, a stranger, being engaged in that moment is very, very important. And I don't have it written down on here, but... Um, I did include the the verses, not all of it, but in John 13, 1 through 17. Um, I'm starting with verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who has sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So, when we look at the scripture that says, we don't love in, in basically just words, 
but we do it in truth and deed. Okay? That can look differently for different people depending on the situation and what they need. You know? Um, Looking at this section of John and what Jesus did for the disciples, I think it had much greater impact to the disciples. The fact that He got down and washed their feet. Like, that's... Can you imagine? Can you... Can you all just stop and think, close your eyes and think, what if Jesus were here right now washing my feet? How would you feel? I'd probably die. I don't know. But the power in that. Okay. So. I'm very guilty of this next thing. Very much so. But what does our communication say about our heart? So in Philippians 2 verses uh, 1 through 4. Therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. If any comfort from His love. If any common sharing in the Spirit. If any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or with conceit or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. So, this is telling us to put others first. Before ourselves, I'm selfish. You know, I, I, I do selfish things. And I have on here, the reasons behind why I do something matter. So, if I do laundry and dishes, okay, why I'm doing laundry and dishes matter. Okay, so if I do it, just because I want to, you know, show Lisa love, that's great. But if I do it because I'm off that day and I happen to be like, well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do dishes and laundry before anybody gets home. That way, when everybody's home, I don't have to do anything. I can just watch videos on my computer. Okay? That is completely different. That's not the same. So why I do things matters. Right? Because we can't know each other's hearts at all times. We can hide things from each other. We're not supposed to, because hiding things from each other is a form of lying. But we can hide things from each other, but we can't hide things from God. He always knows. Or, if I'm communicating with somebody and they're telling me a story... I really don't want to hear. (laughs) Anybody ever had that happen? Okay. So I can do little things like looking away, rolling my eyes, sighing. What am I telling others with that? I don't love you. I, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You're not important to me. So... I um, 
want to do another quick thing about the conference that I was at. There was a time when we were getting together, and it was just like free time. So we didn't have an actual session. They like to drink at those things, but I don't. But anywho, so there was, there was a thing. I, my sister was actually there too because we worked for the same company. So I was playing air hockey with her. Right? Just air hockey. Um, this lady comes up to me. I've never met her in my life. But apparently we had phone calls together about five years ago. Where I had created this sheet that we were using to track some statistics at our work. And she comes up to me and she's like, hey Daniel. And I'm like, yes, who are you? I don't know. So she tells me, she's like, I just want to thank you. I'm like, for what? And she tells me about how we had about three phone calls, again, five years ago. Um, I was showing her how to use this tool that I had created. And she's like, I've been using it ever since. And every time somebody asks me about it, I tell them you're the one that did it. And the reason I want to highlight that is I don't remember having those conversations with her. But she did. So sometimes our communication, and that's why we have to always guard our hearts. Because out of our hearts, the mouth speaks. So I didn't remember it at all, but she did. And it had an impact on her. So when we're communicating with each other, or with strangers, anybody that we're ever communicating with, you don't know what impact you're going to have. On that person. I'll go over a couple scriptures that, that say good things in a second. But it can have a great impact on people. Okay. Takeaways. This is what I take away from it. If you guys take away something different, praise God. So... We can't be in unity with each other if we're not in regular communication with God through the Holy Spirit. It's just, you know, we, we all have been around, you know, a few years and we, we know how the world works in a lot of ways. So unless we're in communication with God on a regular basis, we're not going to be in unity with each other. We also know that one person can make a difference for unity or for chaos. And I put the scripture in there, Matthew 5, 13, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Indeed, they put it on a stand, on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your shine, let light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So, we want to be that light in everything we do. I at different points, have been disenchanted with the church. Because I see what other 
people that go to church, other people that say they're Christians or are Christians. And I see what they do. And it makes you feel some sort of kind of way. Look at what they're doing. But if we're spending our time saying, look at what they're doing, like how are we being, how are we being the Jonathan? Okay? If that's the person that's doing things that are not according to Scripture, how are we going to do that? Combat that other than being in communication with God and giving them that other person to look at. So, it's um, always in the news for different types of things like that. Where you see, I don't even want to talk about it, but you all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You see people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And, you know, we don't condemn them. Because I don't condemn them. Because I'm just as guilty as everything as them. I've lied before. So I've broken every law. But... I've never actually killed somebody, but you know what I'm saying. You're guilty in one part, you're guilty of the whole law. So, I can't condemn them and I won't. I'll just pray for them. And try to be that other other person. But, when we talk about one person making a difference, we have the whole Bible. What is it about? It's about God's love for us, but it all points to one man, right? One man that changed everything in the world for all eternity. So one person can make a huge difference. So, another part of being uh, in unity. We have to meet together in person regularly. Break bread together. For this is how we will encourage each other, spur one another along, challenge each other, hold each other accountable, speak life to one another, pray for each other. This gives us more opportunities to love one another. Okay? If you don't talk to somebody for a year, how many opportunities have you potentially missed to love them? You talk to a friend that you haven't talked to in three or four years and you learn that their their parent passed away last year. And, you know, if you were in regular communication with that person, then maybe you could have provided them with some comfort. But, you know, we, we all know things things can happen, but... We don't want to not meet together. So I, I'm not going to read it all, but Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 talks about... <clears throat> oh, that's not the same verse. Where is it? Yeah, it does. So it, it talks about how we shouldn't... Um, Get in the habit of not meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, like in that verse. But I put the whole thing in there so you could see the whole thing. Um, so there's a lot of uh, proverbs that I have on my paper here that I don't have on your all's papers. 
because I wasn't sure if I was going to share any of them or not. Um, but when, when you're talking with someone, no matter if it's you're in a disagreement or, or whatever is going on, um, you, you could remember Proverbs 15, verse 1. It says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle word towards someone could turn away their wrath. Um, and Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Um, the last thing that I was going to finish up with is, again, something from our conference that I wrote down. I don't usually take notes of these things, but I did this time. Um, so something that can help us when we're communicating with others. I don't know about any of you guys, but I'm a problem solver. That's what I want to do. Whenever somebody gives me a problem, I want to solve it. You know, Lisa had a rough day at work. I want to solve her problem. But maybe that's not what she needs. She doesn't need me to explain how I can solve that problem or what, what could be done to solve that problem. So when you're communicating with somebody, there's three questions that we could ask each other that could eliminate some miscommunication and make our communication better. One is, do you need me to just listen? Do you want me to just listen to you? And at the end, I could say, man, that was tough. I'm so sorry you had to do that or had that happen. Um, or do you want my advice? I often offer my advice without being prompted. It's not always a good thing. And then, do you want me to get involved? So one of those three questions could really help in our communication with each other. And, um, you know, this, this was all for me in case you all didn't know. Like the whole thing. It's not about anybody here. This is all for me. I just want you all to know that. Um, but, yeah. Um, that's really all I had. I think Barb had a good idea that we could take communion together today because it's about living in unity with one another and unity with Christ.